You are listening to Addiction Support Podcast, a bonus episode. If you're struggling with an addiction, that is a call. That is telling you something more is trying to emerge in you. A bigger life, a better life. See, there, it's very persistent. The universe will keep calling you until you answer the call. Hi, Oak Creek Wellness family. Welcome to Addiction Support Podcast, where I talk with inspiring people who share their knowledge and experience of addiction and what's working for them. This is addiction support for family and friends from people who've been there. I'm your host, Melissa Sue Tucker. Hello, welcome back to Addiction Support Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Sue Tucker, and I am feeling well. My health stuff is on the right track and going in the right direction. So thank you for the prayers and the light and the love. And I'll go into it a little bit more at the end of the podcast if you're curious at all what's been going on. But I just want to thank you. Another thing I wanted to tell you guys, I just checked the podcast stats yesterday something I don't normally do. Um, And to be fair and honest and vulnerable with you, when I started this podcast, I had no idea if anybody was even going to be interested in listening. I, it was, it was terrifying when I started it, honestly. And I, I still get nervous and anxious, especially when I'm not doing weekly episodes. So it's one of those things. If you have something in life that you want to do, but you're afraid, do it anyway. Um, but yeah, so I checked the stats yesterday and we've had over 90,000 downloads. And when I think about that, I am blown away. You know, I could have easily have said, yeah, I want to do a podcast, but mm, not going to do that. And had I done that, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I wouldn't be having this connection with you know, I don't know how many people are downloading and listening or what that number breaks out to, but 90,000 downloads, that is a ton. And honestly, my goal is just to impact one person. If one person feels like because of some information that one of the guests shared, or because just knowing that somebody else went through it, that they can, you know, feel happier, their loved one's going to heal, they can heal, like what just one person's impacted, I know I've made a dent in the world and that makes me not only amazed, but just humbled and so excited and so grateful. So with all that being said, today's guest is Derek Rydell. And if you guys remember, Derek was a guest back in episode 22. We took a very deep dive into forgiveness and what that means, how to forgive yourself, how to forgive others. If that's something that you're at all struggling with or thinking about these days, go back and listen to that. You can find that at addictionsupportpodcast.com forward slash episode 22. Um, But I had him back because he has a new book out and the book is called The Abundance Project. You can find it at theabundanceprojectbook.com. And I videoed this episode. He's a very handsome man. So if you're curious and you want to watch the interview, come back to addictionsupportpodcast.com forward slash bonus. And you can watch our conversation uh, there. Derek's just, he's a wealth of knowledge. He definitely, he calls himself the guide on the side. And whenever I listen to him, or talk to him. I just feel like this love and this 
calmness that radiates from him. And it, I can't help, it's contagious. I start to feel more love and more expansion. Um, and so, you know, hopefully you get this through the audio, but definitely check out the video too and let me know what you think, something I'm playing with. But he like blew my mind in this. So when we talk about abundance, it's in everything. Abundance in health, abundance in happiness, abundance in money, abundance in life and living and feeling alive, abundance in, you know, you name it. So while the abundance project doesn't necessarily like talk specifically to addiction, it absolutely does. He goes into it. He has his own addiction story that he shared a lot of in episode 22. And so you know, he knows what he's talking about. And one of the things that we talked about, I believe in law of attraction. I always had until we had this conversation, we thought, you know, I can visualize and attract what I want. He blows my mind in this episode when he tells me why that like doesn't work. And another thing that you're going to hear, there's a couple times when I say, well, oh, well, I, I like made a mistake. So I'll edit that out. But I didn't because he shows so much grace when I made this mistake, right? It was like, no big deal. Everybody makes mistakes. Leave it in, you know? And so I wanted to share that with you because I know that each and every one of you could probably experience more love and grace and acceptance in your life. And I don't know who your loved ones are. I can't go to them and say, look, you need to be more loving. You need to be more forgiving. But I wanted to share this with you as my way of just sharing that so you can feel like you have somebody in your life that's being more graceful and loving and forgiveness or forgiving towards you. All right, cool. Well, thank you for coming on uh, the video version and audio version of Addiction Support Podcast. Yes. As you guys um, probably know, especially if you've been listening for a while, Derek was a guest on episode 22, and we took a deep dive into forgiveness, which was so key for a lot of us and myself. I was playing around with the idea of forgiveness at that point in time, and for the past probably month or so, I've been really playing around with the concept of abundance. So Derek, when your team reached out and wanted to know if I'd be interested in having you on and sharing this with the audience, I was I was actually really excited because I think that the timing is perfect. So everybody listening, you guys are in for a treat today. Derek, welcome back. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. So you just created another book. You're already a best-selling author. You created another book, The Abundance Project. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the first book, Emergence, um, basically that, that book and that whole idea of emergence and what I called the law of emergence came out of my own experience of having struggled and suffered for two decades in self-improvement trying to get over my bad childhood, trying to heal my, you know, wounds, core wounds, all these, the jargon, all the things we know about, trying to learn how to attract more into my life, you know, all this stuff. And after tw nearly 20 years of self-improvement, the only thing I really improved was my ability to describe in great detail, very eloquently, why my life was so messed up. <laughs> so I got very good at that. There was a lot of improvement in my capacity to talk about and in detail tell you where all my problems came from. Um, you know, when I was 10 and my dad looked at my report card and saw all A's and one B and said, what's with the B, son? Um, you know, so I could, I could point to everything. 
Um, but I was increasingly frustrated. Uh, I had a greater sense of inadequacy, and it ultimately drove me to almost die of an overdose and then eventually almost drowned. And it, it took me a couple near-death, brush-with-death experiences to finally crack me open. You know, I have a very thick skull. My brother always said I had a big head. And so, and finally, it got, you know, I got the message. I got the memo from the universe. But when I actually almost drowned, I had a moment of awareness and insight, a, a, a really crack open. And I saw that that this whole model of self-improvement was wrong, that the self I was trying to improve was a fictional character, an amalgamation of parental fantasy and peer pressure and societal conditioning, and nothing that I ever did would ever make him enough. But behind him or around him, there was another self that had never been hurt, and so it didn't need to be fixed, and it was already whole and complete, so it could not be improved upon. And so the whole idea of self-improvement was really an oxymoron from this awareness of the real nature of the self. And it so rocked my world that I ended up pulling out of society. I tried to become a monk. Um, that didn't go so well. Um, and after a few days of fasting and, and, and silence, <laughs> I got so freaked out, I broke into the monk's kitchen in the middle of the night and stole food out of the refrigerator. Um, like, and then scurried out, <laughs> leaving little crumbs in my way, like a little feral creature out of the forest. But, but I ultimately cloistered myself in my own apartment, and I had a deep awareness of this principle of emergence, and that life doesn't happen to us, it happens through us, it comes from us, just like the oak emerges out of the acorn, the apple tree emerges out of the apple seed. All of life is emergent. The whole universe emerged out of the void of the of, of darkness of the womb of the cosmos in what we call the big bang so everything is emergent it's not coming to us it's emerging out of the field of us and so this just turned my whole life around and as i began to understand this framework my life i went from being broke and broken and suicidal even at times living on 19 cents boxes of macaroni and cheese to you know, ultimately traveling the world, million dollar homes, a global business, all the things I've been struggling for. And I did get really good at mac and cheese. I just gotta say, no <laughs> side note, I could make some serious mac and cheese. Like Bubba in Forrest Gump, you know, he's like Jamaican shrimp, popcorn shrimp. I was like that with mac and cheese. So Maybe you can send us a picture. We'll include it in the show notes. <laughs> with my little chef's hat, my bowl of mac and cheese. That'd be awesome. Um, I don't eat it anymore now. I cannot touch no, <laughs> um, So, But what I realized as I began to teach the emergence work is that, of course, one of the greatest areas of struggle was people having enough of whatever, enough time, enough money, enough love, whatever the thing was. And one of the core aspects of emergence, the emergence paradigm, is give what appears missing. Because the underlying principle is that whatever is missing is what you're not giving. When you understand that all of life is actually within you, that you're not really in the world, the world is in you, it's in your consciousness. And that you didn't come here to get anything and the world can't take anything from you. In fact, the word human comes from a Sanskrit term that means the dispenser of divine gifts. So we, we, we came with everything like a seed, and when the conditions are right, it emerges. And we have the control over cultivating those conditions. And one of the most powerful things within our control 
is our capacity to, to give, to generate, and to circulate our life force, our energy, and whatever quality we think is missing. And so as I found, as we went deeper into that, that whatever appeared to be missing, you could begin to generate, you could begin to give. That life, if you wanted more to come into your life, you had to let more life come out of you. If you wanted something different to come into your life, you had to let something different come out of you. And that if you were waiting for something to change, you would be waiting forever. So whatever you're waiting for, you're actually waiting with and often weighing it down. And that's why I also call this the greatest weight loss program <laughs> um, because, because it's not the economy, it's not your parents, your partner, your kids, whatever, the government. When you really get, and I call this the great reversal, when you really get that everything is within you and, and you understand then how to begin to circulate and generate that energy you literally can create something out of nothing, which, by the way, is how the whole universe was created. The entire, everything we see, everything we can measure came out of seeming nothing. And we were designed to create the same way. So that's why the, the, the promise and the premise of the, what I call the abundance principle is that no matter what conditions you come from and no matter what conditions you're currently facing, when you understand how to activate this abundance principle, you can generate all of your needs and more than enough. And of course, we'll talk a lot more about that and we'll break the principle down more, but, but that's the core promise. The promise is no matter what conditions you're in, you know, the job from hell, the relationship that's not working, family dynamic that's not working, whatever, that none of that can block or hinder your ability to generate everything you need. In fact, when you really understand it, you learn how to use whatever condition you're in to make you even stronger, to, to give you an even greater capacity to generate abundance in your life. And, and we'll definitely talk more about that. I'm kind of reminded as you're talking about this time in 2000, the end of 2008, I had gotten out of a really unhealthy relationship and I borrowed money to move out. I didn't even have a job at that point. I was doing real estate, but real estate was really bad. And I kept, I realized I was in this place where all I ever told myself was, I don't have the money. There's not enough money. And my kids and I, I was, you know, figuring it out. And I, re I came to a point where we were drinking out of those red solo cups and I had washed them so many times that they were starting to get crunchy and just feeling falling apart and I had $20 to my name and I realized that having glasses for some reason like real glasses would mean something to me mm -hmm. I took my kids to Walmart and we bought a package of $15 glass glasses but I made sure that before I handed over that money I was in an emotional place where Whoop. that's okay I was in an emotional place where I could bless it and I knew that that money was going to come back and it was going to go out and do so much good. And so when I handed over the money, instead of being afraid, for the yes. first time really probably in my life, I just felt free. And like I have chills right now thinking about that. And I feel like this is kind of or very similar to what you're talking about. And yes. I went from being a single mom and not having any money to now I live a lifestyle that this morning I posted about it. It's mind blowing when I stop and realize that. And 
I just really want to share that with you guys, not to brag, but to let you like let you in on some places where I've been too, but yes. also the fact that we do create our reality. And yes. so let's take a deeper dive into that as far as, you know, what is the system? Like how does somebody activate that? Yeah, well, we do create our reality. Again, life doesn't happen to us, it happens through us, that we don't experience life directly, we experience our belief or our expectation or our perception of life, okay? Life is infinite, it's infinitely perfect, but it's infinite, so you can't experience infinity. So our the filters of our perceptions, beliefs, expectations determine how much of this infinite life we're letting into our experience, how much of it becomes manifest. The other thing to understand is that it's all happening now. It's not happening in the distance. It's not happening in the future. Just like your favorite music is broadcasting right where you are right now on some station, but if you're not tuned into that station, it's not manifest in your experience. But the minute the dial of your radio gets in tune with that frequency, literally becomes that frequency, that station is manifest in your experience, right? You have a manifestation. And, um, and, and so where was that music before you tuned in? It was right here. And so it's all right here. And this is what the great masters were trying to teach, whether it's a Buddha or a Krishna or a Jesus. Jesus kept saying, heaven is at hand now. It's not gonna be over there, it's not gonna be over there, it's not gonna come. He even said at one point, the disciples asked him, when's the harvest gonna come? And he said, it's not gonna, what season is it gonna come? He said, it's not gonna be some season. He said, lift up your eyes and behold, the fields are already white under the harvest. They're already blossoming, it's all here. And so the, the truth is that it's all here, but we have to be in alignment with it. We have to be in integrity with it. Mentally, emotionally, physically, we have to be a, a, a vibrational match for it. Now, I wanna make a distinction some of this language might sound like law of attraction stuff, and it's not, although law of attraction does operate, but it's, rel it's a relative principle, meaning it operates in the realm of cause and effect. But ultimately, of the emergence work, the, the real abundance principle is from the quantum level, meaning there's no duality, there's no polarity, you're not attracting something to you, it's, that's what it might look like, but it's all emerging through you and from you. And the, the important distinction is if you think you're attracting it to you, whether you think you have to go out and get it or attract it, you're creating a separation from it. And th that doesn't actually exist. And as a result of that, you will create resistance and you might end up pushing it away. Or even if you attract a bigger paycheck, you might find yourself just broke at a higher income bracket. You know, or attract a bigger house, but you find yourself even less at home. Or you attract a new mate, and you're in the same arguments three months later. Because you've manipulated appearances, but there hasn't been a fundamental change within you. And so, when you come from the emergence perspective, it emerges through you. The acorn ultimately is destroyed in the process. The acorn has to die for the oak to be born. And so there's something bigger that's trying to be born through, through each and every one of us. And when you understand how to connect with it, to come into alignment with it, and to cultivate the inner and outer conditions that are congruent with it, then you can give birth to that next stage of your life, 
personally, professionally, over and over and over again. So the, the way the abundance principle kicks into this in my book, The Abundance Project, is it's how to focus this truth that everything's within you, that all of life is for you, and that you just have to come into alignment with what's trying to emerge in your life. The way this works specifically is, first of all, as we already talked about, you have to understand that you have to really begin to contemplate and practice the truth that it's all within you. You know, if this was true, how would I start to show up in the world? How would I start to feel? How would I hold myself? And then the second thing, if we're talking specifically about abundance, whether it's the form of money or houses or cars or jobs or opportunities, is we have to understand that wealth or abundance is not material. So when I say everything's within you, I'm not saying there's a bunch of cars and cabbages and kings and stocks and bonds. Obviously not. That the substance of everything is invisible. It's energy or consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And if for, for those of you that that might sound a little too woo-woo, you know, like the, the dogma of science is that materiality is, is the first cause and everything comes from, from stuff. Stuff comes from stuff. It doesn't come out of nothing. You know, materiality gives rise to more materiality. Consciousness intelligence is an emergent property of material. That's the, the scientific dogma or belief. The irony of that is that everything came out of nothing. We call it the Big Bang. You know, out of a void of nothing, everything came. But that nothing was really no thing, meaning it may not be, it wasn't a thing, but it was real substantial life. It was just invisible, and, and maybe they call it dark matter now, but it was invisible. So the point is that everything that you see comes out of that which you cannot see. And so that's a very important principle because if you look at your bank account, you have no dollars in it, and you think, well, I'm broke. Well, that's not true because you're judging just based on what you can see. And it's like the, you're, you're believing that abundance and wealth and, and all that you need is material. So if I don't have the material stuff, I don't have, I'm lacking in something. And that's the fundamental shift we need to, we need to move out of and understand that everything that appears comes from that which does not appear. It comes from within us. Like the goose and the golden egg. All those eggs are coming out of the goose and they finally cut the goose open to get all the gold out and there's nothing in there but a goose. Where did the gold come from? And it's a metaphor, that parable is a metaphor that we have the capacity to generate gold, to generate everything we need directly out of our being. Another example would be a fruit tree. When, when the fruit trees let go of all their fruit and you have a field of barren trees, does the gardener or the farmer look at those trees and say, well, they're broke, let's cut them all down? No, of course not. They're just as rich and abundant as they ever were. And the gardener knows or the farmer knows with proper cultivation in due time, another harvest and another harvest and another harvest will come. Where is it coming from? Where is all that fruit coming from? It's coming from the invisible mechanism within the tree that knows how to turn the raw materials of the soil into the sap and the blossom and the flower and the fruit. Now, interestingly, they did a study where they took a tree, put it in a tub, measured the volume of the soil, um, grew the fruit, removed the fruit, measured the volume of the soil again, same volume. In other words, the tree didn't take anything from the soil. Hmm. Now, this is interesting. It used the soil to create the conditions for it to activate its inner potential. 
where did that potential come from? It came from the same place the Big Bang came from, out of the nothingness, out of the void, out of the quantum field. And so we have that same exact capacity. We were designed to create the same exact way. This is, by the way, the biblical esoteric meaning made in the image and likeness of God. What that means is you were endowed with the same facility to create out of the seeming nothingness. So no matter what side of the tracks you're on, no matter what the economy is, no matter what condition you're in, when you understand how to activate this principle, you can generate all that you need out of seemingly nothing. Now, one other thing to say about this is, which to help kind of drive it home is, the fruit of the tree is not the wealth of the tree, but it is a symbol of wealth. It is the outer effect or evidence of the wealth of the tree. And, and so the same way dollar bills are not your wealth. Your dollar bills are not your wealth or abundance. It's, the, it's a symbol of wealth or abundance and just one symbol. Before it was dollar bills, it was chickens, right? <laughs> or before that, it was furs. In the Roman days, they paid the Romans in salt. That's where the term salary comes from. Hmm. Salary, saliva, salt, they're all the same root. So your salary is named that because they used to pay the Romans in salt. So these are all symbols of wealth. And then you look at a term like the love of money is the root of all evil, a term that has really done a lot of damage to heart-centered, religious, spiritually-minded people because it's in, the, it's, it's in our collective consciousness. First of all, we get the saying wrong. We just say money is the root of all evil, and that's not what it says. It says the love of money. But when you understand now from this context that money is a symbol of wealth, it's not the wealth itself. What it's saying is the love of the symbols of wealth hmm. is the root of all evil. When you love the symbol and you think the fruit is your, if, if the farmer thought the fruit was the source of her wealth, what would she do? She would keep the fruit on the tree. She wouldn't want to let it go. She wouldn't want to pick it. And what would happen? It would rot and the tree would eventually stagnate and die. And what, that's what we do with our stuff when we believe the stuff is the wealth. We hoard the money and it stagnates and it doesn't grow. Or we hoard our talents or we're afraid to let them go and share our ideas, somebody might take them. Or we don't give our love freely because somebody might take advantage of it or not give some love back. And the love stagnates. The, the abundance of whatever stagnates. And eventually stag as stagnation sets in, stagnation is another word for hell. Heaven means ever-expanding good. It's, it's an ever-expanding circulation of good. So, so the love of the symbols of wealth, we, we have to start giving our power away to these symbols, right? We think the dollar bills have our power. Of, you know, that's our source of safety, security, support, supply. The job is our source. Our spouse is our source. Our parents are our source. The government's our source. All of this is giving is loving the symbols is giving power when you love something you give yourself to it you become a slave to it and then you have to sell your soul for a piece of security or safety and you have to give your power away and then you twist yourself up into a pretzel and people will lie cheat steal manipulate kill kill others kill themselves to get these symbols 
of what they believe will give them the safety, security, and support that they desire. And so it's saying when you do that, when you put your power in symbols, you create evil. And what's evil? It's just live spelled backwards. It's when you live in opposition to the core principles, you create evil, you create negativity, conflict, and ultimately destruction, right? If you wire your electrical circuits backwards, what's going to happen? You're either going to get no electricity or you're going to burn your house down. <laughs> so, so when we live these principles of abundance backwards, we, we do the same thing. We break the circuit and the flow stops. There's no more circulation. Now, it's really interesting. Let's look at those words for a minute. Circulation, circuit. What's one of the words for money? Currency. <clears throat> currency comes from the root of current, which means to flow or circulate. Another word, affluence, which means wealthy, affluent. It comes from a root that means to flow. Once again, to flow or circulate. So these terms for wealth and money really come from a root that means flowing or circulating. And when you have circulation, you have a complete circuit. When you have an electrical circuit that's complete, what do you generate? You generate more power. If you break the circuit, there's no more power. And so this is talking about the same thing. It's saying basically that the volume and the velocity of circulation equals the level of abundance or power you have in your life. And we can see that in every system on Earth. We can see it in the systems of nature. When there's proper circulation in an ecosystem, it flourishes. There's, when there's, there's more and more. When the rain falls and then goes back up again and then falls again, there's circulation, it flourishes. When that circuit is broken, it starts to stagnate and die. If you have a body of water and there's circulation going in and out, you have a complete circuit, it flourishes, life flourishes. If you cut off the circulation, what does that body of water become? A swamp. And that's where everything dies. It's literally dead water. And in your, in your own body, when the circulation is good, you have more energy, more vitality, more health. When the circuit, circuit is broken, stagnation sets in, and that's a precursor to death. So this is what we're seeing, and this is true with your love, with your joy, with your creativity, with your inspiration, with your, your abundance, all of it. You're starting to get the picture here? So circulation is the key word. The more circulation there is, the more life there is. The more life, the more power, the more abundance. The less circulation, less life, stagnation, diminishment, deterioration, and death. So that's the fundamentally underlying principle of abundance. And so, so we know it, that it's all within us. We know that it's the substance of creation is invisible energy or intelligence or consciousness. And we know now that the key to more life in every area is greater circulation, mm. right? So that, that right there in a nutshell or in an eight-point shell is the fundamental premise or principles for the abundance principle. And we can talk, obviously we will talk more about how do you start to circulate it, how do you start to generate it, but I really want you guys to, if you really start to get this and when it pops, you're like, oh my God, this is like the secret to life. And the really cool thing is you have 100% control over how much you circulate. 
100%. You walk into a room and nobody's nice and nothing's good going on, you can start to generate and circulate joy and love and play and creativity and inspiration. But you've been trained to be a reactionary to, to the situation. You walk into a room or in a relationship or a job, you've been trained to give as good as you get. So I'll give my love when they give me some love. I'll give them respect when they give me respect. I'll appreciate them when they appreciate me. And you think you're doing something. You think you're like powerful. You are the opposite of power. You are cutting your power off. And because whatever's missing is what you're not giving, you are, whatever you withhold from another must be withheld from you. So if you're saying, I'm not going to give my love until I get love, you're blocking your love from being in your life. You're blocking love from being in your life. And that's a really key thing. So, so this becomes really, this is, this is, this completely turned my life around. And I went from, again, being broke to ultimately making millions of dollars. I went from living in a little one room apartment to living in multi-million dollar homes. I went from being stuck in a little town to traveling the world. I went from being alone to having a family. It's not an accident. And, uh, and we'll talk about this, but in most of those examples, I, I didn't, it didn't just poof show up. I was in the job from hell. I was in relationships from hell. I was in the apartment from hell, ready to be evicted. And in each of those situations, I had to bring more of me into that environment, regardless of what was appearing. And as a result of that, I not only began to generate this energy we're talking about, but I strengthened my capacity to generate so that then when I stepped into the new situation, I was a perfect match for it. It was a perfect fit. And, and we'll talk again. Well, I'll give some more examples if you want, but I've just literally been doing a monologue. So I'm going to turn it back to you for a minute. And well, I feel like my mind's been blown multiple times. I keep taking notes. So when you see me looking down, that's what I'm doing. First of all, the idea that when you're trying to attract something, in the, you know, maybe the traditional way of looking at law of attraction, you're actually creating a separation. That was mind blowing yes. for me, my first part. Yes. Um, one of the things, and I mean, everything, live and evil. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm so excited. I get to go back and listen to this multiple times before you guys hear it. <laughs> but you guys can listen again too, for sure. Um, one of the things that I love is your story about being in the job from hell. So I was hoping you could go back and kind of tell the that again. Job. Yes, yeah, because it's yeah. such a practical step-by-step -step on how to do this. Absolutely. So yeah, so I was, you know, after my opening and break, break through and break down and everything kind of fell apart, um, I had to go back to work. And I was an up-and-coming actor. I was doing movies and things like that. And I had to go back and get a job as a waiter. So I actually did it in reverse. You're supposed to go from waiter to actor. I went from <laughs> successful actor to waiter. And, and it was terrible. And it was humiliating. And people would come in and uh, recognize me. Oh, my God, aren't you the guy from that? And I'd be like, ah, yeah. And I'd go back in the, and I'd just be humiliated. Because they were like, what happened? What are you doing here? Why are you, is, are you researching a part? Like, what's going on? And I'd be like, you know, and it was just the most humiliating thing I'd ever experienced. And I was like, well, I've, I've been discovering these principles. Maybe I should start practicing them and applying them. 
And so I began to get really clear on what was the vision I wanted for my life. Who was I really, who did I feel I was becoming? What was the bigger vision? And then I began to articulate and identify what were the habits of thinking, feeling, being, and doing that were part of that ideal vision, okay? What were the common types of thoughts I would be thinking if I was living that life? What were the common types of feelings I'd be feeling if I was living that life? What were the common types of, how would I be being? You know, like a being state is like play, playful, joyful, generous, um, giving, uh, etc. And then what are the habits of doing? Like I would be, you know, giving, bringing excellence in this, in my work. I would be, you know, whatever the things were, you know, exercising more, do whatever. And I began to get very clear on that. What were those habits of thinking, feeling, being, and doing that were a part of that ideal vision? And what the way, again, the old conditioning is, I'll be those things when that condition comes. But it actually works the exact opposite. I had to start being and generating and stepping into that now. And so I began to bring that to this job, to this waiter's job. I began to give excellence. I began to be of service. I began to bring joy. I began to prepare for it like it was the job of my dreams. And I would show up. And, you know, at first it lasted for about a minute. I'd walk in. All right, I'm ready to go. I'd psych myself up in the parking lot. And, you know, a few minutes in, I'd be hating my life again. But, you know, I got, I got a few minutes in, right? And then I have to remember and practice again. And then I would give excellence at a table. And then they'd be rude. And then my excellence would go out the window. I'd be like, the heck with them, you know? And so, so it took, because my musculature was weak. My ability to hold joy, to hold generosity, to hold excellence in the face of, of resistance was weak. And so it's like lifting a weight, you know, I would lift that weight, but I'd get tired after a rep or two. And so this is what we don't get to realize if we're not practicing in the midst of the challenge, right? When there's all this resistance, that's when it's time to practice. That's why we call weightlifting resistance training, because you're literally lifting and resisting, and that's ripping and tearing, but it's ultimately strengthening and building. And this is what this world of contrast is designed to do. We were designed to be resilient and to get stronger in the face of challenge and contrast, but we have forgotten that. And so we try to avoid it. That's why I say when the, when the, the goal or the burden is too heavy, don't pray that it gets lighter. Pray that you get stronger. When, when the goal is out of reach, don't pray that it comes closer. Pray that your reach gets longer. And so, so you're growing and expanding and activating more of you. So I began to bring that. And after a while, I was, I was feeling good. I was feeling inspired. I was excited to go to work to see what else would I discover in my capacity. And then I got fired. And I was like, what? I'm like the best waiter there. How can I get fired? So I became arrogant, self-righteous. And, and then my manager realized it was a mistake, hired me back. And now I'm feeling even more kind of like a pariah. Because the waiters are like, what is he up to? What's his game? Why is he being so excellent? You know, he's making us all look bad. And now he's not even, you know, gossiping with us about the customers. And it's like, who are you? What are you doing? And I started to feel alone. And so I had to dig a little deeper and find my courage and find more strength and help the other waiters and, and, and show up early and leave late. And again, rise to the occasion. Bring excellence. Bring joy. Bring confidence. Bring power. And, and things got good again. I was inspired again. And then I got fired again. And 
this time the manager that liked me said the other manager thought maybe I was trying to get her job. <laughs> and so he, he hired me back. And um, now I'm like, okay, one manager is like bucking to get, you know, she thinks I'm out to get her job. And I had to like start to build a relationship with her. And it helped me to learn to have compassion and to communicate better. And then I began to support the other waiters even more. And, and I started to make friends with one waiter and we'd have these deep conversations. So again, my environment got better again. It was got richer, it got deeper. And I was starting to feel really strong in my ability to show up in this particular place and be a rock star even though nobody was applauding. And, and, and then as a result of that, I started to notice my life. I felt more inspired on a regular basis even when I wasn't at work. And I was like, wow, there's something really going on here. There's a new me that's, that's showing up. I feel so powerful, I feel so capable. I know I'm still just waiting on tables in a three-star restaurant, but something's happening here. And then I got fired again. And this time it was like kind of a mutual parting of ways. We just don't think you quite fit here. We think there's something more for you, you know. Um, and I was like, yeah, I think so too. And a month later or so, I got hired um, working for corporate, like Fortune 500 companies. And I was performing and I was consulting and I was teaching. And I went from making $50 a day as a waiter to $1,000 a day in this job. I went from waiting on tables in a three-star restaurant to being wined and dined in five-star restaurants all over the country and to dreaming about making a bigger difference to actually doing it. But the key is, is that the transformation did not happen just in that little month or month and a half. The real work happened while I was in the job from hell. That's where I was building and activating and generating this whole new level of my being. It did not come from the job. The job created the contrast, the resistance, the, the, the obstacle course, what have you, the workout room for me to activate and get strong enough so that when I stepped into this new level at a much higher level with people playing a much higher level, I was a match for that. And, and that's what, that's the key here. And I did that again when, um, I wanted to get, we wanted to get our first dream home and we could barely afford our condo or our apartment and, and people were like, how can you, why are you looking for houses? You can't even afford a house. Um, I did the same thing and going from no way to moving into our dream home in about 90 days. Um, I, I did that when I wanted to travel the world and share my message and my work and I had no idea where to start, no idea how to afford it. From no way to traveling the world, all expenses paid and making tens of thousands of dollars about three months, 90 days or so. Um, so I've done this over and over and over again, and I've helped people do it all around the world, go from being on the verge of bankruptcy to having more business than they could imagine, going from being alone, living out of their car, living off of 30-some prescription drugs, to down to one, getting engaged to be married and moving into their first home in a matter of a very short period of time. So this is real. This is not airy-fairy, conceptual stuff. This is a real principle. It's the principle of how all of nature creates its own abundance. And look at, have you looked at nature lately? You know, if you think that you're supposed to just get by and that it's God's will and, you know, that um, you just need to just be grateful for the little bit you have or whatever, yes, you need to be grateful, but you were designed to be lavishly abundant. You know, you look at all the trees, they don't just have enough leaves to get by, right? They are lavish. You look at the stars in the sky. There's not just enough stars to get by or just enough grains of sand on the beach just to, you know, cover the dirt. 
It's lavish abundance. And we're designed to do the same thing, but we have to stop waiting and we have to stop projecting and we have to take 100% responsibility for our life and start realizing that we're a divine power plant with the capacity to generate everything we need. And in the, the Abundance Project book, I walk you through a 40-day journey for how to start doing this and mastering this. And again, it's not, um, it's not a concept. It's not a theory. It's a proven principle that actually works, not just for me, but for people all around the world. And we're recording this the end of December 2017. When is the book coming out? Is it coming out in January? So the book actually, I don't know when this actual recording will come out, but um, the book itself is um, hits the stands, hits the street um, on the 15th of February. 15th of February. So I mean, yeah. make sure it comes out close to that, but not um, not too far away from that. So February 15th, get the book. Um, they can also go to, I don't know if you have a link in your show notes or whatever, but they can also get the book at um, a particular URL. Should I mention that? or will you have Please. That in- yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll have it in the show notes as well, but please. Yeah, they can grab the book at theabundanceprojectbook.com. And when you get it through there, you'll get um, over $1,200 in new bonuses, programs, coaching, support to really make this a reality. Because um, again, I don't want this book just to put it on your shelf to make your shelf look pretty. You know, we call that shelf help instead of self-help. Um, so you can walk, walk people by your bookshelf and they can look and see all how well-read you are, all your great books, but you haven't actually read it. I want to make sure you actually get the results out of this. So I've designed it with the bonuses and other stuff that's coming so that you'll really be able to apply it. You'll get the coaching and support you need. So you can just go to the theabundanceprojectbook.com and get your copy through that. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk or ask you to do is you could just take a moment and either envision, you know, the mom that recently found out that her child is has an addiction and they're struggling and she's in this place where she's very sad or the person that is struggling with their addiction too. either one. I think it's going to resonate with anyone. What are the first steps that you would tell them how they can maybe identify how they're living life backwards and make a change? Well, yeah, the first thing is, you know, I didn't say all the details, but I said I almost died of an overdose. So I had an addiction problem quite seriously. Um, it runs in my family. My, I've, I've dealt with that with my own son. Um, and so I understand that. I have a very addictive personality. I've just turned it more and more towards being addicted to truth and creativity and all of that. When you can turn the addiction towards purpose and and connection, you actually have a a superpower. Um, But, but the, but, and that's the first thing, you know, addiction, there's certainly chemical things going on with addiction in many cases. But often, in my experience dealing it with myself, with my son, and with others in the family, um, usually underlying an addiction is a real legitimate hunger, a real legitimate need, whether it's addiction to food, drugs, shopping, whatever. And, and you can never get enough of what you're not actually hungry for, right? And so, so what's usually underneath it is we're trying to stuff down the pain of not living the life we really desire, 
whether because we don't feel adequate, we don't have the self-worth, we don't think there's the opportunity, and so we haven't gone for it, we're not expressing ourselves, we're not feeding ourselves what we really, really want in our life. We're not really asking for what we want, we're not really going for it, and that of course creates tremendous pain. And especially if there's a strong desire to be more, to have more, to do more, but we're not, the stronger that desire deep down is, the stronger the addiction will show up. So whether it's with you struggling or your child, um, is beginning to, of course, have compassion for yourself or for them, and but also beginning to talk about or seek to discover what is the thing that, that feeds you or feeds them, what is the thing that excites them begin rather than having the conversation and being about stop the addiction stop we got to stop the addiction although you do need to address that especially if it's significant um is begin to have a conversation not about what you have to stop doing but what do you want not about what you shouldn't do or have but what do you want in your life how can i support you in having an awesome life how what what would be your dream life what what would you like to create? How would you like, what would you like to contribute? What would you like to start learning about? Begin to move the conversation to that because the universe only knows yes. There isn't a no in the universe. There's only a yes. Knowing your no is good so you can know your yes, but the universe only knows yes. So whatever you're focused on, the universe just says yes, more of that, more of that. So if you're focused on what you don't want, what you shouldn't do, what's not right, then you actually put the abundance principle in operation to circulate more of that fear and negativity and limitation so you get an abundance of fear, negativity, and limitation. But when you focus on what you want, what you want to create, where you want to go, then now you're circulating that and you'll start to create more of an abundance of that. And you'll start to cultivate the feelings and the thoughts that are congruent with that seed of potential that's already planted in the soil of your soul or your child. So it, it gets cultivated by focusing on what you want, by focusing on what makes you excited, inspired, by moving in the direction of it, mentally, emotionally, or physically. All of that starts to activate and cultivate the conditions for the emergence of that potential. When you focus on what you don't want, where you don't want to go, what's not working, what you don't have, now you're building, you're creating weeds in that garden and you're not giving energy to that seed of potential. You'll grow a garden of weeds rather than a garden of flowers. So again, there's no judgment here. It's just understanding the principle because it's not personal. There's nothing personal going on in the universe. It's principle, right? And so, and that's why it says in the Bible, the rain, his rain falls on the Sorry about the phone there. It's, <laughs> it's okay. The line, somebody, somebody's calling you. So now the question is, are you going to answer the call? Or are you going to let it go to voicemail? Where, where the universe gets the message, mailbox full. <laughs> um, I'm in a new location right now, folks, and I don't have control over some of these, uh, these different things. So I apologize for the... Uh, if the, you need to take it, I can edit it out. No, no I, wanna... I don't need to take it. I don't need to take it. I just am in a new location because I had to leave my other location temporarily. So, but, and actually, you know, it's true. The universe is calling us. <laughs> and if we, if we, if we don't answer the call, it's going to go to voicemail. So, so we have to answer the call. And if you're struggling with an addiction, that is a call. 
that is telling you something more is trying to emerge in you. A bigger life, a better life. See, there, it's very persistent. The universe will keep calling you until you answer the call. Um, so it's, it, 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 and, the, and it's true, especially if you are desiring more and you've, you want more and you've had those moments, but then you're not honoring that more, right? We've all had those moments. I just wish I could, I just wish there was more, if only, and then opportunity arises, but we don't step out on it. We don't answer that call. We don't say yes to our yes. We keep saying no to our yes. We say, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the money. I don't have the support. What if it doesn't work? And then we wait, wait, wait for all those things to change. We wait to feel more confident, to feel better before we step out. And meanwhile, that oak is trying to emerge through the shell of our acorn and it's creating all this pressure and our shell's starting to crack and we think we're an acorn so we call in the shell repairman to try to fix our shell and that produces stagnation and then when we have stagnation we have things like addiction. We have debt. We have all these different ways the system starts breaking down. But here's the most important thing. It's not breaking down because you're bad, because you're a sinner, because you're wrong. It's breaking down to give you the sign that your chronic problems are an indication you're trying to survive in a world that is now too small for you. That there's a much bigger world, a much bigger self trying to emerge. That's what your addiction is telling you. That's what your problem is telling you. And if you're the parent and you're struggling with your child, the challenge and the problem and the opportunity to be a bigger version of you is not just them, it's you too. You're being called. And the, when you are able to be, be a bigger version of you, you are creating literally a field that will give your child an even greater opportunity and chance to break free and to grow and emerge themselves. So as if you're a parent struggling, remember, however it's affecting you, however it's triggering you, if you're willing to take 100% responsibility, not blame, not shame, but responsibility, this will make you bigger and stronger and that's the very best gift and the best bet you have to help your child become bigger and stronger themselves. I love you. Thank you. Derek Rydell, our guide on the side. Get the book at theaddictionbookproject.com. No, The Abundance the, oh, I'm sorry, I wrote the wrong thing. The Addiction Book, yeah. <laughs> Theabundanceprojectbook.com. The book is The Abundance Project. The, the website is theabundanceprojectbook.com. I will fix all that. I will edit that. Cool. Uh, You're edit. such a... Mistakes happen. <laughs> all the time. There are opportunities. I seriously, that was the best advice I've ever heard anybody give. I'm very mm. excited about this. You have a... Um, I want to be respectful of your time. You have another call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'm excited to support this project that you have coming because it's going to be awesome. It already is. My, it's my honor and pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to connecting with you and everyone else soon. All right. Yeah. Much luck to you all. You too. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. So that episode is probably one that you're going to want to listen to a couple times and please share it with your friends or anybody else that you know that might be interested and excited to learn more about The Abundance Project. You can go to theabundanceprojectbook.com and get your own copy of the book. 
do it. Like do yourself a favor and just do it. It's phenomenal. And what else? I told you guys that, um, I would share a little bit more about what's been going on. And I don't remember what I have and haven't shared with you because I have other podcast episodes that I've recorded and I have not finished. Um, so some of this might be a little bit redundant, but I was diagnosed with Lyme disease co-infections, uh, the end of 2017 and for a good year plus, Prior to that, I'd been having all kinds of health issues. Certain days, I wouldn't even actually really be able to get out of bed. I couldn't focus. I'd go back to bed because my body hurt and I had a lot of stuff going on. So as a result of that, um, some things in my life had to slide and it couldn't be my family. So unfortunately, I've had to put this podcast on the back burner. However, like the fact that there's been... I'll tell you guys exactly how many... Um, there's been over 90,000 downloads blows my mind. And it's so cool how in today's day and age with our technology, we can put stuff out there and it can keep working. It can keep going and finding more people. So as of today, as of recording this on February 21st, 2018, there have been 91,949 downloads of this podcast. That is insane. And that couldn't happen without you. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. But like when I say thank you, I coming from that place of we're all connected. Um, I'm not making money. I have options too. If you come back to addictionsupportpodcast.com forward slash bonus, I have an affiliate link for a program that Derek's working on, but that's not like, that's not my goal for this project. My goal is to inspire hope and inspire the realness that recovery is possible. Recovery from codependency, recovery from addiction, doesn't matter what it is. And getting the message out that if somebody is a you know, addicted to something, it's a disease. It's not a bad choice. And it's something that can be overcome. And I have some stuff that I'm working on too, through my health stuff. I've realized that our gut health is probably driving everything else, right? So to go into this a little bit more, um, one of the first tests that my natural path ran when I wasn't feeling well was a food allergy and sensitivity because I was having a lot of inflammation. And so came back that I had some food, like not allergies, but really high sensitivities. So I cut those foods out to see how my body would feel if I stopped eating them. And within two days of not eating dairy, eggs, and almonds, because those were really high for me and my body, um, I no longer had those three o'clock in the afternoon. I need to have candy or sugar or cookies or something right now cravings. So I don't know if you guys can relate to this with anything in your life, but I was trying to lose weight and I would get up in the beginning of the day and have all this willpower. And then by two, three o'clock in the afternoon, something took over. It was not my willpower. And I would just crave or cave every single day. So I'm not trying to compare this in any way to an addiction, but the fact that I was able to cut those foods out and feel better almost instantly and no longer have that running me, 
there's something there. So I really think that when we're looking at addiction, I think we need to look at our gut health. I think that, well, I know that that the chemicals in our gut creates the chemicals in our brain, right? So I I don't think it's just, oh, you have addiction, go talk to a therapist. Although I think therapy is a huge part of the healing process. I think let's start with our gut health. And let's not just eat food that we know is good for us because everybody on the internet's talking about it. Like, let's find out what's going on with our bodies and then let's treat what's going on there. And like, let's get some healthy chemicals going in our brain so that we can balance some of that out. So that way, when it's time to go in and deal with some of those emotions that are frightening, those memories that are running us, right? Things that happened in our childhood. At that point, you're in a healthier mental space. You're in a healthier physical space and you'll be able to be emotionally healthier throughout that. And I think that there's really something to that. And there's not a lot of people talking about that, but that's why, um, I guess I'm grateful that I've had my health issues that I've had. I do have more episodes coming out for you guys. So that's definitely going to be happening. If you will take 30 seconds and leave us a review on iTunes. That would be phenomenal. And that will help more people find the show. And what else can I tell you? Um, I think that's it. All the show notes and everything's back at addictionsupportpodcast.com forward slash bonus, because this is your bonus episode. And I do love you. I do see you surrounded with light and love. And I do know that, you know what, whatever's going on, this too shall pass. Okay. This too shall pass. And, uh, things are only getting better. Thank you for listening to the addiction support podcast, addiction support for family and friends from people who've been there. www.addictionsupportpodcast.com.